You are listening to a Commonwealth Bank of Australia Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. This podcast provides general market-related information and is not intended to be an investment research report. The information contained in this podcast is based on previously published material. And before listening, you're advised to read the full Global Economic and Markets Research Disclaimers, which can be found at combankresearch.com.au. Welcome to the Global Economic and Markets Research Podcast. My name is Belinda Allen and I'm a Senior Economist here at Combank and today I'm joined by our Head of Australian Economics, Gareth Egg. Gareth, nice to have you on. G'day Belinda, yeah it's nice to be here again and as I look at the note uh, in front of me and it says 1 March. I know. I can't believe we're already in March, the year's flying. Every GDP day we talk about how quick those three months have gone. Yeah. And once again we're here looking at the December quarter national accounts so GDP growth was 0.5% in the fourth quarter, up 2.7% on the year. It came in a little bit lower than expectations and it's really interesting given we've already started to see a bit of a slowdown in the economic data. Yeah, look, the, the domestic economic data that's trickling in now definitely has a, a softer tone to mm. it than what we saw through last year, notwithstanding the, uh, the recent CPI. And the national accounts today were, were a really interesting set of figures. Um, and we can obviously talk about GDP, but there was lots of interesting stuff on the household yeah. income account as well that I think is worth unpacking. But yeah, in terms of um, production over the December quarter, it did come in a little bit uh, less than the market had been anticipating. Uh, we're expecting a slightly softer report than the market uh, was anticipating, but even then, it still came in a little bit weaker than we thought. Um, you know, growth of 0.5% on the quarter is now on the soft side and household consumption was only up by 0.3% on the quarter. So I think that's where a bit of the disappointment came through. There was a lot of discussion about how resilient consumer mm. spending was over the second half of 2022, despite the material lifting interest rates. It looks like maybe consumption had started to slow down even before year end and we'll talk about the outlook soon but at kind of at this point the consumers are going to slow from here and they've certainly been winding back on uh, good spending in particular oh its services spending did remain fairly resilient in the quarter uh, but certainly the impact of interest rate hikes and cost of living has come through yeah, look, that, that, that's right. Um, and the other thing too is we're talking about the volume of consumer yeah. spending only going up by a little bit. But the actual dollars spent was still up uh, quite a bit more than that given you still had pretty strong price rises coming through in the fourth quarter of, of this year, of last year rather. Yeah. But it really is the volume of spending that um, drives employment. And what we've seen is that over the back end of last year, the volume of spending growth there has really started to slow and with it, um, employment growth has also been slowing and the unemployment rate has bottomed out at around 3.5%. It's ticked up a little bit in the early part of this year. So what the, the data today is really painting uh, is a picture of an economy that's slowing, that had been slowing through last year, as, as was to be expected given the RBA was tightening policy uh, quite aggressively. But uh, I think it's fair to say that it's it's coming in now on the consumer side to the point where um, the, the, the concerns are creeping in that the RBA has done uh, so much mm. and households are already starting to respond to that and yet there's this big lagged impact of what they've already done to come through this year and when you're only eking out growth in spending of 0.3% 
and you've got a tailwind of population growth, which is a bit stronger than that, then the average household in volumes terms uh, consumed a little bit less in the fourth quarter. And that story's got further to run now, given those rate hikes are still, uh, by and large, um, got to hit a lot of households, particularly those that were on or have been on fixed rate loans that haven't felt much of the impact of the rate hikes to date. Looking at the other drivers of, of growth in the quarter, dwelling investment and business investment both detracted from GDP growth mm. in the fourth quarter. Uh, so did uh, inventory. So the main contributor to growth was actually the net export segment. So I guess domestic demand really was um, very weak in the quarter. Yeah, look, look, it was. And, and some of those uh, other parts of you mentioned around dwelling investment, business investment, they can be a little bit choppy yes. uh, quarter to quarter. But um, on, on the dwelling investment side, um, residential construction has been in a trend decline now for the best part of 12 months after the stimulus-induced um, surge in resi construction in 2020 and 2021. And that's kind of feeding through to a very tight rental mm. market um, so there's, there's, it's very easy to focus on the, the consumer when, when looking at the national accounts because that is the, the, the part of the economy that ultimately drives the economy. But it's probably flying under the radar that resi construction has been in a trend decline for a while. And that's occurring at a time when you've got more people coming in and it's creating some problems really for the rental market. It is, and even... Uh with all the foreign students returning as well, yeah. they're obviously adding uh, to the demand for rental properties as well. Now, you mentioned at the start that some interesting things going on with the income ac account. Uh, so looking at household disposable income, uh, so that actually fell by 0.7% in the quarter. So we've spoken a lot about uh, the increase in wages and salaries and so more people getting pay rises, more people working more hours and more people employed mm. meant that wages and salaries were up 2.1%, but it's all pretty much getting eaten away in taxes and higher interest payments. Yeah, look, that's exactly right. And that's where um, you can cherry pick data to kind mm. of paint a certain picture of the economy and, and it can miss some some key thematics. And on the one hand, it looks like in income growth is, is pretty strong when you look at it just through the lens of total wage and, wages and salaries that have been paid out and that's picking up some wages growth and more people in employment, more people working. But then when you actually overlay that, uh, the increase in interest costs on debt because of the yeah. rate hikes that the Reserve Bank has put through and the fact that we're just all paying more taxes because if you get a pay rise, you get some bracket yeah. creep going on and you're handing over that bit more money to the government then actually um, household disposable income went backwards yeah. in nominal terms, which is quite rare. And then on top of that, if you add in inflation, real household um, income actually went back by a pretty significant amount. And it's when you when you look at it, the, the figures through that lens, you can see why households uh, as a collective are saying through the consumer sentiment surveys that they're concerned about where things are going and the economy isn't necessarily working for mm. them, even though we've got this low jobless rate um, on average, people are getting a better pay rise at the moment than they had uh, for basically the previous decade. And yet for so many people, it just feels like the economy isn't really working for them. Economy-wide, though, nominal income, nominal GDP continues to rise. Uh, so mm. nominal GDP rose by 2.1%. We care because that's actually what's flowing into the government coffers at the moment. So the budget deficit's improving quite dramatically. Now that I think about it, the budget's only about two and a bit months away. Mm. So it's that measure that matters for that. Yeah, look, uh, nominal GDP has been strong for a while now. Yeah. And it was, again, uh, pretty strong today. You're, you're picking up there 
real activity, price changes in the economy, and then the terms of trade. And the terms of trade has been very favourable for us here in Australia uh, for, for a couple of years now. But the average household doesn't really feel the impact of higher no. commodities. Um, and unless the government that's collecting a lot of the money off the back of these higher commodities actually pushes the money back into the economy, then the average person doesn't really uh, feel the impact of, of um, you know, those big trade surpluses and the extra money that flows through. And you'd have to say on balance at this stage, the probability of the government pushing that money back into the economy is quite low given the Reserve Bank is still raising rates yep. Um, the government doesn't want to do anything to put um, unnecessary upward pressure on prices. They don't really want rates to go any higher than they, they need to go and therefore you'd expect them not to recycle that money back through the economy. So in that context, um, measures of nominal GDP are not really picking up what's going on for the average household. Now, we can't talk about the outlook without talking about the outlook for the Reserve Bank. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, we do expect the Australian economy to slow more than what the RBA is currently expecting, and that's with two more rate hikes forecast by us. So we've got another 25 basis point lift uh, in March next week and another 25 basis point lift in April. So that takes the cash rate to 3.85%. With the outlook slowing really driven by the consumer, the question is, what does this mean for the RBA in the context that we have had some below expectations economic data prints mm. in recent weeks? So we spoke last week on the podcast with Stephen Wu about the softer wages number, the volatility in the labour force data, and today we got monthly CPI, which came in less than expected as well. Does that change the dial for the RBA? Look, it, it doesn't change our forecast, which is for two more mm. uh, hikes in the cash rate of 25 basis points at the next couple of meetings. But I think it's going to change the, the way they talk about things at the board meeting next yeah. week. Um, the, the governor um, earlier in the month, when they increased the cash rate by 25 basis points, um, came out with, a, with quite hawkish rhetoric yeah. and said um, just explicitly that further increases in rates will be needed over coming months. And we thought they were gearing us up for a, a pause and instead they basically said, we've got more work to do. Yeah. Um, and they didn't say, we think we'll have to do some more work. They basically said, we are going to do some more work. Now, since then, uh, we've had some wages data that came out a little bit softer than they anticipated. We've had the GDP figures out today that show the consumer slowing that bit quicker than they had anticipated. And we had some labour market data that showed the unemployment rate has ticked up a little bit and the Reserve Bank hasn't been expecting to see that no. at this point. So they're going to go into that board meeting, uh, I think, you know, with a pretty robust discussion around, um, okay, we're, we're, they're almost certain to raise interest rates, but you know, what, what do they want to communicate uh, with households, businesses and the mm. market given the recent flow of data? And you'd, you'd expect some moder uh, moderation of that language because if you say once again that you intend to increase rates um, or rate hikes will be needed over coming months and you leave both things as yeah. plural, you're kind of implying you've got another couple yeah. to, to go. So everyone will be watching that statement. But certainly, um, you know, we're, we're in a position too at the moment where some data that comes on the soft side you can say is encouraging as yes. opposed to not ideal. I mean, if you get a wages print that's a little bit less than expected and your concern is wages growth being too strong – then if you get a slight undershoot, that's an encouraging print because it means you can you can go for the, the soft landing. Yeah. Uh, and I think today you know, the RBA will be looking at those figures saying, geez, the consumer is starting to slow. 
We've delivered a lot in the way of rate hikes. We know there's lots of borrowers out there on these ultra-low fixed-rate loans that will roll off this year. Uh, there is clearly then a risk that we mm. do too much. And one other thing that I think they'll take into account is where the savings rate landed in Q4. Good point. We haven't talked about that. No, but it, it, it's come down. It, uh, it was 4.5%. And for context, uh, that's about 150 basis points below the pre-pandemic yes. five-year average. So we, we've talked a lot about you know, households that have built up savings buffers and the capacity of households to draw down on those. Well, with the savings rate now down at 4.5% and below where it was um, pre-pandemic, then the capacity to draw on savings, you would say, um, when forecasting the outlook is more more limited from here given um, that savings rate is almost certainly not going to go below zero. So that tailwind from drawing down buffers will, will wane. And the other thing is a lot of the households that built up savings are, uh, are in the older cohort mm. and they're unlikely, we think, to you know, spend those windfall savings all in year one. They're more likely to want to extend it, you know, sort of drip feed those savings into the economy over an extended period of time. It's going to be an interesting uh, couple months just to see how the economy unfolds mm. with these higher interest rates and also how the RBA, I guess, approaches this at the March board meeting. Thanks for joining. Uh, it's good to have a chat. Now, you can read uh, Gareth Ed's note on the Q4 national accounts, which was published on the 1st of March 2023, and also our note on the monthly CPI indicator, which was written by Stephen Wu, uh, both on combankresearch.com.au.